media freedom is under renewed threat in Poland. On February 11th, numerous independent media titles in Poland suspended news coverage and blacked out their front pages in protest of a planned tax on advertising revenue. Critics fear the tax will be yet another tool of the ruling Law and Justice Party to undermine and weaken media they see as enemies. The news blackout made headlines around the world and garnered condemnation from EU officials. Today's expression of protest of the media in Poland uh, expressed in uh, black screens might become tomorrow sad everyday reality. We expect member states to ensure that their fiscal or other policies will not affect the duty of ensuring a free, independent and diverse media ecosystem. For many Polish journalists, though, this was just the tip of the iceberg in a multi-pronged attack on independent media that the ruling party has waged since coming to power in 2015. To make matters worse, Law and Justice has recently pioneered a new media capture model that will concentrate newspapers under the indirect control of the ruling party. These developments are leading to growing concerns that the EU's fifth most populous state is heading down the path forged by Hungary and causing fresh headaches in Brussels on how to respond. These concerns were summarised in a report published earlier this month by the International Press Institute and the Media Freedom Rapid Response, who held a virtual press freedom mission to Poland in November and December 2020. To discuss some of the key issues explored in the report, we're joined by Piotr Staszynski, deputy editor of Poland's biggest daily newspaper, Gazeta Wyborcza, and Anna Wojcik, a journalist at the investigative news outlet, Oko Press. My name is Jamie Wiseman, and this is the Press Freedom Files. Hi Piotr, and thanks for being on the Press Freedom Files. How do you kind of assess the general state of press freedom in Poland right now? Thanks for the um, for your interest. It's uh, the picture is getting grimmer, unfortunately, uh, with uh, recent uh, recent interventions by the state, by the ruling party and government, in the into the market, into the media market. First is the uh, takeover of uh, of Polska Press, which was the part of uh, of Passauer Neue Presse or Passauer Verlag, a German company that owned uh, 24 uh, regional and local newspapers and many weeklies. And among other things, and most of all, they have profiled 17 and a half million people who were the uh, users and readers. And so the profiles were deep. Uh, even more uh, detailed than the, than the social media regular profiling. So uh, now it is in the hands of so-called Orlen, which is the major, the, the biggest, the, the huge company in Poland, is the largest uh, uh, oil company in the this part of Europe. And Orlen bought all those outlets, media outlets, which means that because Orlen is part of is is completely controlled by the state and the 
uh, nominee and the, the president of this company is a strict uh, direct nominee of the ruling party. It means that the um, that Orlen and the state, the government, in fact, is now controlling all those profiles, all those media outlets, uh, all those all those local press uh, local press outlets, and uh, all the weeklies, uh, which is the uh, the very important difference, and makes the and 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 makes the great change in the proportions of independent and dependent media in Poland, uh, which uh, it is very much to the advantage of the uh, ruling uh, party propaganda. So this is the, the first issue that shows that the picture is grimmer. This effective nationalization of a private media organization by a state-controlled company was unique within the European Union and sparked immediate concern from press freedom groups, including IPI, that a purge of critical journalists would likely follow. Now, Poland's state oil company is buying Polska Press, a media group that owns several newspapers in the country. Critics are calling it a dark day for media freedom in Poland, with concerns that the government is effectively seizing control of an independent publisher. The ruling Nationalist Party has not commented on the move, but the takeover is consistent with its efforts to decrease foreign ownership of the media there. Pressure on foreign-owned media in Poland is nothing new. Politicians in the ruling party and their allies have long accused foreign-owned publications of editorial bias and propagated conspiracy theories about their interference in Polish democracy. Initially, plans were made to push out these owners by placing stricter rules on media ownership. A draft law was created to repolonize and deconcentrate the media market, limiting the amount of foreign capital in the domestic market and breaking up bigger groups, changes which would disproportionately affect law and justice's critics. However, political and diplomatic pressure, plus an inevitable fight over EU law, made these sweeping legislative changes difficult. The sale of German-owned Polska Press to PKN Orlen offered another route. Legislation itself doesn't need to pass anymore because they found other ways. Uh, the <clears throat> so-called deconcentration bill was in a draft form. It was prepared several years ago, and it's keep is being kept by the by the Ministry of Culture, for instance. And the repolonization it what was also a, a lot of rhetoric on the part of the government, but they never pro provided any bill for it because they knew that there'll be uproar, and there was some. Uh, on the State Department, of U.S. State Department, against uh, uh, the repolonization of, uh, uh, of, for instance, the TVN station, which now belongs to Discovery, which is the American company. So, so Americans wouldn't agree. Uh, that is why they um, they put the, I mean, the government, the the ruling party, they put the legislation aside, and they decided to use other tools. And one of them, and very powerful one, is buying out, like Orlen, who bought Polska Press, all those media that I already <clears throat> elaborated about. 
By achieving the acquisition of Postcapress without legislative changes, the Law and Justice government effectively engineered the long-awaited takeover of a foreign-owned media company without provoking diplomatic repercussions from EU member states or a head-on collision with Brussels over the rule of law. In addition to capturing independent media titles, Law and Justice have long pursued a campaign of administrative harassment against critical press, using an array of tactics including anti-monopoly investigations, licensing and regulatory changes, and retroactive tax penalties. The most recent is the draft advertising tax. The other is that the government recently proposed the tax on media advertisements. And this tax is the, is first of all, it is double taxation because all the media in Poland are already paying and have been paying a lot of uh, 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 different taxes like VAT, CIT, and uh, and uh, income tax and every everything they need to pay they pay. So now they are co- they want another contribution from the media, and uh, it is um, sort of orchestrated in a way that uh, some media that are loyalists to the ruling party will be exempt from this tax. If this tax goes through. It will mean that uh, not only uh, Polish independent media will have to pay double tax, but they also couldn't uh, couldn't have any any uh, exemptions from this tax because this is the income which is being taxed, and there will be no uh, no ways to avoid uh, uh, the whole thing. Because if we are if the tax is imposed and Polish independent media are uh, forced to pay it, it will take their uh, all of their uh, profits. It is. It, it will even. Uh, it will even uh, uh, make. Uh, it will even uh, be uh, used against the media that do not have any profit. So it will mean that they will have to uh, to not only double double tax, but they also will. Have to pay from the uh, from the from the money they have, which is not a profit. So because uh, you have to understand, and everybody does who knows the the media environment, that under the pandemic circumstances, we lost a lot, uh, especially in the uh, ad revenue, because the uh, uh, because the the economy is is a, in a kind of a standstill. And there is less and less uh, advertisement put in the media by the companies. So it's about 20% of uh, revenue loss already. And this government wants to uh, impose a tax on the revenue which which we lost. Uh, this means that, in fact, uh, there will be more and more media outlets ready to, to being bought out, bought, bought off by by some state-owned companies, for instance. They they can either make us bankrupt, or they can buy buy us out. Yeah, you kind of allude to it there. Do you think the the capture of Polska Press will suffice for PK Olin, or do you think it looks likely it will remain the engine for capturing media, uh, you know, under PIS control in the future? You know, have there been other attempts to purchase private media titles since then? Uh, not yet. I didn't see it yet, but I foresee it will come. 
And I am sure that in one form or the other, this tax that I mentioned, the ad tax on the media, will be imposed because they may try to modify it slightly to be less outrageous, more acceptable, for instance, by the European Commission on whoever. But they will try to do it, perhaps in a way that slightly will nuance or refine some provisions of of those of this legislation, but they still will impose it because the, uh, they use other ways of censorship. The censorship is prohibited by the uh, Polish constitutions. You mentioned there that obviously this advertising tax is one part of quite a diverse array of tactics used to kind of undermine and stymie the business interests of critical media. What other forms of pressure has Gazeta Wyborcza kind of experienced in the last few years? Yet another uh, way of uh, sort of using other tools of censorship against independent media is what happens to Gazeta Wyborcza. We've been uh, attack, attacked by the, um, by the state-owned institutions and state control institutions and state agencies and ruling party individuals, uh, polit politicians, even the ruling party itself, uh, 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 they brought lawsuit against us. And Gazeta Wyborcza is, is, is a clear target, is, is sort of a public enemy. Uh, uh, treated as a public enemy by, the, by this government because we have some 57 lawsuits against us, which is, which is unbearable for any media outlet because you have to, you need to have the, the, the legal services working 24-7 all the time against us. It is not the case that there are only civil lawsuits. They also use the penal code against us. So we have to defend ourselves all the time. And the, uh, as far as I know, we are the uh, mostly, uh, we have the most lawsuits against us from um, among other, all other Polish media at the moment. The majority of these kinds of lawsuits are targeted at a handful of large and influential liberal-leaning media, which are critical of the ruling party. However, it's not just big daily newspapers in Poland that are facing this kind of legal harassment. Smaller investigative outlets are also battling an avalanche of costly and time-consuming court cases, posing additional challenges for press freedom and raising fresh questions over the rule of law. Anna Wojcik is an investigative journalist specializing in the rule of law at Oko Press, one of those media outlets interviewed during the recent press freedom mission. Press is a politics website established in 2016. We are an independent portal which is not subsidized by a state and mostly uh, supported from individual donations from readers. So uh, we are a small media outlet and we are currently facing nine lawsuits. Most of them are brought by individuals and uh, these are mostly civil law cases on the basis of personal rights infringement Articles 23 and 24 of the Polish Civil Code. And uh, these cases 
include a lawsuit uh, initiated by a business person in relation to reporting about his business activities in meat and livestock industry, but also a son of the head of the National Audit Office about whom we wrote in relation to a scandal concerning his father. Furthermore, we have two cases related to writing about right-wing parties and movements, uh, a case uh, brought by an organizer of a controversial demonstration who demands an apology for attributing neo-Nazi views to him, and a case, a recent case from a leader of a far-right organization who alleges defaming him by presenting him as an orga organizer of far-right militia groups and as someone who uses physical violence against women. Uh, moreover, we also have a case filled by a leading publisher of a website and provider of electronic services. Uh, this is one of the biggest online portals in Poland. Uh, and the plaintiff is demanding the removal of an article about him and the uh, publication of an apology and the payment of 20,000 zlotys, uh, which is around uh, 4,000 euros to a charity. Uh, moreover, we also have a case brought by a non-governmental organization that is actually heavily supported by the current government. Uh, this is uh, the Polish National Foundation, uh, which demands an apology uh, for uh, the publication of critical opinions uh, on a scholarship program uh, that, it, uh, that is supported from public funds. And we wrote about uh, some irregularities in this program. And in your view, do you think these kinds of vexatious lawsuits against particularly critical and independent media have increased uh, in recent years? I think that they have increased uh, and also public opinions focus on them have increased because of political polarization in Poland. Uh, independent media in Poland are considered as a part of political conflict, even a part of a party conflict uh, between the main players and political field in Poland. Uh, the government has a network of supportive organizations. Some of them are providing legal aid. Uh, and also some independent media organizations are, who are trying to uh, counter or deal with um, slap lawsuits. Uh, they also have their <laughs> legal teams and there are also NGOs that they can provide them some support. For instance, send um, a monitoring mission or an amicus curia uh, or join the proceedings. Um, so I would say that definitely independent media outlets have to fight, have to have to face um, more pressure. Yeah, that's something we see that often these kinds of lawsuits are not really aimed at achieving justice, but simply you know dragging a media outlet through court and draining it of resources. What kind of effect is this this legal harassment and these lawsuits having on your newsroom and its journalists and staff? Well, definitely it has an impact on our whole organization on the financial level. It is a significant burden. We need to. Uh, secure part of our budget uh, to pay legal costs. Also, our journalists are very well aware um, that, uh, especially when they publish critical articles, that they have to consult with lawyers uh, the content of, of the articles. Luckily, we have a very good team of journalists who are um, very well prepared for the job, and that's why we only have nine lawsuits against us. But it demands a lot of work. And of course, this increases uh, the cost of operating uh, such an independent media portal. Uh, and in the recent years, we actually seen that legal costs are taking more and more um, uh, taking more and more part of uh, our um, of our monthly and yearly budget. 
which is of course something um, that we would rather not pay for if we if we w- wouldn't have to. And how has the Polish government's wider attack on the rule of law affected media freedom in the country? You know, when, when court cases finally do reach a verdict, do judges often side with journalists or are there concerns about independence? Yes, luckily so far, um, the weakening of the rule of law in Poland has uh, this systemic character. So systemic removal of guarantees to digital independence, which may translate on um, weakening of independence of judges. However, uh, the vast majority of judges in Poland, they remain in themselves um, very brave and um, not facing the pressure. So um, I haven't seen um, politicized judgments regarding convictions of of journalists. Um, Actually, there were some cases where uh, judges ruled in slap cases against political commentators in favor of the freedom of expression and in line with the established jurisprudence of Polish courts regarding defamation law and freedom of expression. So I'm quite hopeful about that. But on the other hand, there are many, uh, there are many other things related to the rule of law uh, and uh, the system of checks and balances in a democracy that are alarming. Uh, for example, it is possible that, um, that the councils which regulate broadcasters, they may um, find uh, that some media reporting on uh, political events or on protests uh, have uh, breached uh, some um, ethics codes and uh, they would have to pay uh, unsubstantiated fines for their reporting. And uh, there were cases like this in the past. Uh, And I think that uh, there is a lot of uh, possibilities um, that some some people in the state apparatuses that can exercise a pressure on various independent media, be it print, online, uh, or broadcasting services. Uh, they can find a way to punish um, punish independent media with or making their operation more difficult, as we've seen in in Hungary with Club Radio's uh, license that was revoked. Well, thanks very much for being on the Press Freedom Files, Anna. It was great to have you on, and I'm sure we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. These attacks on judicial independence, combined with years of policies aimed at distorting the media market in law and justice's favor, mean that Poland is now taking worrying steps down the path established by Hungary. In a calculated cherry-picking exercise, law and justice has selected parts of the model that are effective and found workarounds for those that do not fit the Polish system. As in Hungary, these have so far been scattered enough to avoid further battles with the EU over the rule of law. Nonetheless, developments in Poland over the last few months should be sounding major alarm bells in Brussels, because the sustained and increasingly similar assaults on media freedom in Poland and Hungary are not simply an issue for democracy in those two countries, but for the whole of the EU and the values that underpin it. You've been listening to the Press Freedom Files, IPI's global press freedom podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share. To find out more about our press freedom mission to Poland and our report, which is published in both English and Polish, please visit our website, ipi.media.
This episode of the Press Freedom Files was produced and prepared by the International Press Institute as part of the Media Freedom Rapid Response, a mechanism which tracks, monitors, and responds to violations of press and media freedom in EU member states and candidate countries. The project is co-funded by the European Commission. You can listen to more episodes on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks and see you on the next episode of the Press Freedom Files. Thank you.